You are listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, all about real estate edition. Shining a light on the movers and shakers in the real estate industry. The home builders, developers, realtors, and suppliers making it all happen. Good morning, and welcome back to Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio's All About Real Estate Edition. I'm your host, Carol Morgan, and I'd like to give a special thanks to our 2022 show sponsor, New American Funding. It is thanks to their support that we bring you this show. Today's show is part of our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion series. You know, it's something we've talked a lot about on this show for the past two or three years because it's a focus of New American Funding, but we've not really used the words diversity, equity, inclusion, but they've become such buzzwords out there that we've decided to start talking about DEI. But for us, it's not just a buzzword. It's a way of life. It's something that must happen. So today's guest is going to talk about DEI from her perspective. So a warm welcome to Amy McCoy, broker, realtist with My Home Realty. Welcome, Amy. Thank you very much for having me this morning. I'm very excited about this conversation. I think you're going to just shed a lot of light on this topic. So let's just jump in first. Tell us a little bit about yourself. (laughs) Well, there's a lot to tell, obviously. Um, If anybody's ever seen my bio or know me personally, they know I'm a woman who definitely is on a mission. I am the founder and CEO of my hometown Realty Group. I've been serving the Georgia markets for more than 17 years, and I'm an active member on many real estate boards um, and has previously served as the president of the West Georgia Board of Realtors. I currently serve on a lot of board, but I'll expand on, on other boards, but I'll expand on that throughout the uh, interview process. But I'm a huge advocate for diversity and inclusion and really trying to define what an equitable solution will be, mm-hmm. because through inclusion and expansion of fair housing efforts it is my hope that my reputation will continue to earn me that respect between my comrades and colleagues um, that, you know, those that want to invest in their community of choice, that they have an opportunity. So that's where, um, that's where I, I best serve and have had many accomplishments. And again, we can go into more of that throughout the program. Yeah, I'm looking forward to taking a deeper dive into that. Well, I noticed, you know, obviously I introduced you as a realtist, not a mm-hmm. realtor. Yes. What's the difference and why? Why do you choose that as your title versus realtor? Well, I'm glad you you asked. I still am a proud member of the Realtor organization. But most importantly, the Realtors organization was an organization as the uh, national company, National Association of Real Estate Brokers, who I am a chairman of, of, uh, of that organization as well was an organization that became incepted because once upon a time, as a person of color, um, we were not allowed to serve within the realtor organization. So we needed to make sure that we had champions for, you know, real democracy in housing to make sure Black people had access to it. And one of the things that we are aware is that Black people have been the champions of making inclusion acceptable for all. So that is a constant uh, charge that I'm always willing to pick the baton up to help carry it through to the finish line. Well, I think you should wear that realtist title proudly. And, you know, I'm just, I'm so thankful that so much of this conversation is open now. You know, these are things that, you know, it's almost like it was taboo to talk about them 10 years ago, but now it's not. And- 
Yeah, some, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Depends where, depending on where in the country you are, yeah. you know, that that's kind of where we, we, we still are going into white fragility and things of that sort, not understanding true what systematic racism is. And again, that's why these organizations exist, because we're still defining civil rights. Right. And the number one vehicle in you know, wealth building is real estate. So if we're still defining that, then that means we still have- We still have work to do. <laughs> we still have work to do. We still have work to do. Well, give us an overview of my hometown realty and what areas of town you serve and you know, any specific markets. Yeah, so I have two locations within the metro Atlanta area. My hometown realty group is a boutique firm. We consider our goals, uh, the goals of our clients and what they're trying to attain and really strategize a plan to make it achievable. Um, My license caters all to Georgia. I work with both domestic clients, but a lot of my clientele comes from international clients. Interesting. And the biggest reason because of that, I recognize the remnants from redlining and not being able to get traditional financing in certain areas that I then um, had to go out of the country to bring money in, in order to revitalize those houses to bring value, value back. But after serving on an advisory committee for Atlanta Housing Authority, I recognized that they weren't in certain communities that were desperately needing affordable mm-hmm. housing options. And so that's where I had to source money outside the country in order to get those properties restored, you know. Yeah. Oh, I love your innovative solutions to the problem. That's, you know, and and that's, I think what we all have to do is innovate and, you know, embrace all of our differences and move it all forward. Yeah. Well, I know that you work both in the rental market and the for sale home market. What, you know, what differences or you know, what trends do you see in rentals versus for sale? Or just, you know, kind of talk about what's going on out there. So I'm a part, again, a part of many different organizations. We have the Dollar Empowered Community, um, which is a real estate syndicate that I co-founded with four other Black women, professional Black women, one's a state rep. And, and so we target areas of color that not only from a residential aspect that people have come in and bought those homes, but we're also looking at it from a commercial aspect so of how to reinvest. So when we look at rental options, my company, we help not only in the residential sector, but also in the commercial sector um, with lease procurements and lease management within the commercial realm. But Our biggest thing is with residential. Again, when I saw the need for affordable housing in certain areas and went to go source, I I saw that need. And I started in property management before I got my real estate license over 17 years ago. And that was after being a drill sergeant at Metro State Prison, which is a women's maximum security prison. So it has its own property (laughs) management, people management. (laughs) But I recognize, you know, the system has caused a, it just wasn't a fair playing field. And so through my experiences from young until where I am now, (laughs) age-wise, I see that we still have a large journey to go through. So I use that to say, okay, from a rental standpoint, where are we at in making sure there's accessibility for housing? Mm -hmm. Um, Where are we at from a housing perspective? How are we looking at values for each of the communities? So the tens, although the housing studies I've seen in Atlanta, there's no exception in terms of which is better rental or 
purchasing. It really depends on the actual investor. And, and that could be the community a stakeholder, the actual buyer. Yeah. But the tenant, you know, we have to look at where those disparities also are. Um, and I recognize that in most communities, especially here in Atlanta, but because of my affiliation that has taken me nationally, a lot of communities across this nation are becoming more investor majority owned communities versus mm-hmm. community stakeholders, people that actually have owner occupant loans that are government backed like FHA and VA and things of that sort. So which which is better? It just depends on the actual person. Again, I work with a lot of investors. So yeah, the rental market is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I think we have so many. I guess we'll, we'll call them institutional investors. You know, the really mm-hmm. large investors. You know, because of the last, you know, the Great Recession, as we call it. You know, two thousand eight, nine, ten, which we just had all these foreclosures on the market, and you know. I guess at the time we really thought that these institutional investors were going to come in, buy it all up, you know, rent it. But as the market turned, they would sell them all. But what they have found is they have this fabulous portfolio that makes them a lot of money and they don't have any desire to sell these homes. So it's just it's just kind of interesting how that change happened. Well, Um, and and just to even touch further on that, because, you know, (laughs) we've got to love our government. We allowed that to happen. Correct. Um, But we also see that builders are now coming in, building single family residents. Just for rentals versus again for ownership. And historically, right. what we've seen that when you have a climb in minority home ownership, you're always paying the highest rates, mm-hmm. you know, how highest prices. We can look at the last financial uh recession. We had over 140,000 homes on the market um at that time. So the competition was fierce. Now you have less than 10,000 statewide, but we have over 100,000 licensed professionals or agents. People that have licenses may not be selling. You know, we got to do the 20, 80% rule. Right. But what we're seeing is because these builders are now coming in and have gotten hip to this game of, no, I'm going to build and rent it out. Again, we're looking at what does that do for the resources in the community? Who is really overseeing the way that our education system is, that the infrastructure is properly put in when we talk about sustainability and, and making sure that transportation, the sewer systems, that we're not washing out another community because right. we're trying to put this project in. And so, you know, those are the things that we have to be concerned about. Right now, I see an issue that we are displacing a lot of tenants because mm-hmm. everyone is so excited on how much of a house they can sell the house for, but forgetting that maybe the tenant is still living in the property. Right. <laughs> you right. know, we just came out of this eviction moratorium. So, you know, there's challenges in that because maybe the tenant has withheld paying rent or mm-hmm. in some cases I've had to deal legal matters um, because DCA would not cut the, the checks for those tenants. Oh, wow. Um, some counties were just holding back the funds. Um, and I, in specifically in Gwinnett, we had a, a tenant that had been on eviction for a number of months and they wouldn't give us the, the payment until we had the writ of possession, meaning wow. we were getting ready to put the tenant out before they would cut the check. Mm. Meaning even when they cut the check, they're not going to pay you all the late fees. They're not going to, you know, so it, but what yeah. happens when we displace those tenants? 
I have some that are still living in hotels that are calling me saying, hey, do you have any more rental options available? Because now what we recognize, even if they were using housing assistance, the vouchers don't even equate to market rent. Right. And everything keeps going up. So yeah, you're touching on, we could, we could talk for another hour about just that <laughs> subject. Yes. But let's dive into DEI. You know, tell yeah. me what DEI means to you and, and how have you embraced it? Great question. You know, I I pose a talent that I believe makes me an innovator in this industry. I have the ability to both dream and execute. I don't waver from that vision. If you've ever experienced discrimination in housing, job experience, customer service related, at some point you say to yourself, enough is enough. Mm -hmm. You know, I've listened to my white counterparts say, oh, inclusion, inclusion, inclusion. But if I request the same or make that same statement as a Black woman, I'm hereby complaining or commonly viewed as the angry Black woman. Mm. I can't help that. I'm a That's former awful. sergeant. <laughs> yeah. I talk very firmly. I, can't help that. <laughs> I hope that, you know, we will finally start to change into a more acceptable society. Mm-hmm. Because again, it you know, you can have diversity inclusion because that's the same lip service that majority of companies have been on this wave of, but truly embracing what that is and actually thinking about an equitable solution is really what needs to be coming to the forefront. I got off the stage after uh, working on my leadership escalation and, and wanting to help other organizations. I had to run from a floor on a situation, um, which I had to go in front of my peers. And getting off the stage after, again, going back to that statement on my counterpart can say inclusion, 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 and he's looked at, oh my God, he's so forward thinking. But yet I say I'm looked as, you know, in in other ways, I get off the stage and a gentleman says to me, wow, you speak so eloquently and Mm -hmm. you said some really great things, but maybe you shouldn't aim so high. What? Exactly. And I sat to myself, I was, I'm looking at him in his eyes and I'm saying, sir, what about my qualifications makes you say, maybe I shouldn't aim so high. And it wasn't, he couldn't give me a real answer. He just gave me another option to say, well, why don't you run for this position? Well, ironically, Mm -hmm. sir, even though I'm overqualified for the one that I'm running for now, apparently, even though that's a lesser position, I don't qualify for that. So how does someone that looks And that looks like me, just even as a woman, okay, because even though we're predominant in this industry, we still don't have all the leadership roles that we would, we should be. Correct. Right. Um, Yeah. Women do rule the world, right? Uh, Yeah. I mean, if you just even look at, yeah, if you just, like you said, just take, just take it by gender. You know, and especially in real estate, and but you know, we'll say that I'm seeing large organizations make huge strides to hire women, whether they be black, white, you know, Hispanic, Latino, you know, they're hiring women for upper level positions in droves. So, so if we can start to solve a little bit of the problem by just adding women to the equation, then at least we're, you know, starting to chip away at it, but you're, you're absolutely right. Well, you know, and even to that point, so I was uh, sought out by a very large company and they were saying, well, Amy, maybe you can help lead in that that realm. And I noticed that their leadership, their national leadership, yes, the, from the inclusion standpoint, there were more women. And I was very excited about that. But there was no diversity in terms of the race. Mm. 
And, you know, when we talk about diversity, that is something that we constantly go right to is the race. And that's just because, again, historically, it's as blatant and in our faces, whether you choose to see it or not. Right. But in that to say is, again, yes, we're we're increasing the opportunity for women, but we do need to have all type of viewpoints. And we Mm -hmm. need to also look at the socioeconomics of the diversity and what that looks like. We have to, I, I was told by um, another individual, you know, Amy, the only reason why they listen to you is because you're rich. Well, one, thank you for speaking that into my life. I appreciate <laughs> all that. <laughs> but please don't negate everything I had to work hard. You've worked for very hard. Exactly. <laughs> in order to achieve Nobody that. handed it to you. No one has handed it to me. But I say that because we also had to look at, I, I grew up in government housing. so. To now have the multiple assets that I have, again, hard work. Hard work. And I don't want, I want people to understand that when people serve on these boards, you can't just select them because you think they're rich. Right. They don't come with the perspective that every average American may have. Right. And that is, and that's where we need to really open the curtains on. Yeah, I love that. You've touched on a couple of things I want to follow up on. Okay. You know, one is, you know, what advice do you have for women and other minorities who are looking to get a start in real estate? You know, what do you recommend? So that's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) No, don't go after the companies that just are providing lip service. Actually look at the work they're really doing um, and actually incorporate actions into that plan. You know, a major tech company, I was on the call as uh, with our dollar empowered community and we were interviewing them and they were saying, oh, we want to come in and talk about, you know, black housing and all that. And I was like, well, hold on one second, because I really want you to consider that as a tech company, you're actually putting a lot of smaller companies out of business, mm. women owned businesses, right? Black businesses, Hispanic businesses, Asian businesses, things of that sort that, you know, yeah, you may have the leads, right? Mm -hmm. To give Mm -hmm. your buyer, you give your agents. But as a new agent, what you're looking for is to make sure that you are getting the education you need because knowledge is power. Knowledge in this industry is, is where the real power is. At my hometown realty group, like I always tell people, we're community advocates first who sell homes along the way. Because you really want to look at how you can empower a community and fair housing is essential for a community to thrive. So we have to keep that in mindset. And if that is what your goal is getting in real estate, then great. If your goal is to just get a check, Mm. get out of the business. Well, you know, find something you're passionate about. You know, you need to love what you do. If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life, right? You'll never work a day in your life. I mean, when a client calls me at 5 a.m. and I don't suggest that. Okay. <laughs> Please, as your listeners are listening, do not call me at 5 a.m. or at midnight. Early. Yes. <laughs> Way too early. But you have, it's a difference of when you answer the phone and can still smile about saying, hey, it's great to talk to you, or thank you for choosing me, or, you know, hey, I'm working on this, this, and this, and legislation to expand opportunities. I'm the right. education director for the Veterans Association of Real Estate Professionals now. And, you know, one of the things as uh, when I served on the Federal Finance and Housing Policy Committee for the National Association of Realtors, we worked very hard to expand the options for veterans. Mm-hmm. So now when you see the accomplishments of the efforts that you've given, it, sometimes things aren't immediate, 
But within right. a year or two years, when you start to see these things open doors for people, like now veterans have an option to buy more than one home using their right. certificate. You know, now the the value of the house has increased. Yes, you know, up to like, isn't it up to, well, maybe it's unlimited for the VA loan, I'm thinking. They're certain, they're still yeah. certain because it depends on the medium income or the housing prices in those in that area. Right, yeah. right. You know, you say 475000 in California and it's like, I lived in Marina Del Rey and a shack that was supposed to be torn down was at 500,000. Right. Right. You know, how do we really give the people that were service members for our country? We're not even really opening doors for them. We expanded coverage on fair on uh, FHA loans and Mm -hmm. accessibility into condos. And that's, those are the type of impactful work that I love being a part of, you know, and I think I would encourage anybody looking to get into this industry, be passionate about it, you know, really look at what you can contribute to your community and give your best with it. The minute you just look at it as a check, it will only be one check. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's great advice. New American Funding is committed to delivering home loans on time while providing five-star service. Their 14 business day close guarantee and fully underwritten pre-approval gives you an unbeatable one-two punch impossible for sellers to ignore. For more information on New American Funding, call 678-898-3540. That's 678 898 3540. So any tips for how businesses can build a better environment that takes DEI into consideration? Be a part of these boards. Mm-hmm. Be a part of these boards. Encourage your agents to be a part of boards. You know, some people will look at it and say, oh, I, it's just another membership due. I don't know really what it does. Well, that's because you're not involved. You know, that's because you're not really getting and understanding the information given to you. I read reports all the time. It's not what I went to school for. Trust me. <laughs> you know, and it can be very depressing when you're reading, reading housing reports at 90 pages and all it just says is this disparity in housing mm-hmm. to the point it's mentally draining. And, you know, all I can do is say, hey, please wake up. Please wake up, companies. You have the right, the economic power to help influence what happens. When I'm having to call state departments, because we're already in this pandemic two years now, and I'm having to call state departments because embassies are still closed in different countries, and these people can't sell their houses, they can't transfer their titles, or, you know, again, having to file lawsuits against uh, homeowners associations for frivolous billing. And then, you know, it's taking advantage of low to moderate income housing. And, you know, it's really understand what's happening in our industry and don't be afraid to question it. You Mm -hmm. know, I get questioned all the time as a minority business owner on anything I'm doing. Again, how do you get that business? How do you build your clients? Well, how are you going? Why are they choosing you to go over to another country? I've been blessed to meet many state leaders, um, many world leaders. I've walked into a new country and met the prime minister the next day. 
and we're talking about uh, real tourism and building the housing in his communities and things like that because it's a smaller island. And it's, you know, having those doors of opportunity only because I thought a bigger scale. I thought Mm -hmm. it from a different light. What does it look like really having true equitable options? I'm vegan. So food deserts are are very challenging. So even having access to even good quality food is very, you know, paramount. Oh my goodness. So so really, if you're going to go with a company or even as a company yourself, I challenge you to really deep dive, be involved Mm -hmm. with municipalities, in your counties, in your districts, like really be involved. If you really want to really make a change for America or even Georgia, hello, let's wake up, you know, like, like really look at a heart and look in the mirror. Right. Because what we realize is we have so many of our own biases that Mm -hmm. we are being blinded to by our own, you know, it's so true. My gosh, you've probably touched on 10 different topics that you and I talk all day about, (laughs) but you know, know, I kind of think the tech, I love your takeaways though, you know, stop the lip service. Don't work for somebody who's just got the lip service, you know, be vested in it, you know, get educated, help to educate others. And, you know, let's all take a deep dive and, and move this forward. Absolutely. So as, as much as I hate to say it, we're out of time. I could talk to you literally the rest of the day, but let our listeners know how they can get more information on you and my hometown realty. So again, my hometown realty, your property, our priority is our tagline for the company. I would love to help you build financial wealth uh, through capital appreciation, no matter whether it's residential or commercial. My hometown realty group has you covered. So please check us out on myhometownrealtygroup.com. That's myhometownrealtygroup.com. Or call us at 770-941-0881. You can find us through multiple social media channels at My Hometown ATL. Or you can reach me, Amy McCoy. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, The ATL Realtor. Yeah, you've got a great presence out there online. So um, it's easy to find Amy if you're looking for her. It really is. I'm that purple hair lady (laughs) and living my best life, being my authentic self. And I highly like to encourage all your listeners to really also look into the dollarempowered.com, the Dollar Empowered community, the real estate syndicate group. You know, when you get a chance, uh, we really appreciate those that have already selected to invest with us. And, you know, we're very thankful for really building back in a community. So, yeah. Check it Very out. good. Well, thank you so much. That's going to be a wrap for this week's All About Real Estate edition of Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio. I'd like to thank Amy McCoy with My Hometown Realty for being our guest today. Um, and on behalf of our show sponsor, New American Funding, I am your host, Carol Morgan. If you enjoyed today's show, I would appreciate you going to Facebook and liking Atlanta Real Estate Forum on Facebook. Um, if you're interested in being on the show or interested in being on the Atlanta Real Estate Forum news site, then contact me, Carol, at denimmarketing.com. And thank you for listening. And as always, I look forward to seeing you next time right here. 
Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio is sponsored by New American Funding and made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite source for real estate and home building news. Denim Marketing is a comfortable fit, like your favorite pair of jeans. Denim Marketing tailors marketing strategies to meet your specific needs and niche. Try them on for size. They will work to create a perfect fit for your company's marketing program. Call them at 770-383-3360 or send an email to info at denimmarketing.com. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting atlantarealestateforum.com or by listening to the show on your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio.